This morning, uh, I'm going to begin a series called God's Word on Family. Uh, I did a, a little research, uh, and I've heard about this before, that, that there's a lot of books that's been written on family and on parenting. So I kind of Googled and uh, how many books are in print right now when it comes to family. And one of them that kind of came up there on the site, it says, uh, the number of books that have been printed over the last 10 years on parenting. And I looked at the answer, and here's what the answer said. Too many to count. And uh, so there's, there's been a whole lot of ink, and there's a whole lot of pages that have been written on the subject of families and, and, and parenting. And what I want to do this morning is I want to look at what does God's Word have to say about parenting? What does God's word have to say about marriage? What does God, what does God's word have to say about the family? And uh, because, believe it or not, if you're a new believer, you're just becoming accustomed to the scriptures. You're just starting to read them for the first time. You will notice there's a whole lot of that's written about relationships, written about family, and we're going to look at it from God's word. And we believe that God's word works that if you listen to it and apply it to your life, that it has benefits for you and your family. And probably our, our foundational verse, basically what I, what I base this upon is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, reading from a different translation. And it says this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, God has breathed life into all of Scripture, it is useful for teaching us what is true. Because, by the way, what you, the, some of the textbooks, some of the, the books that you've read on parenting, some of the things that you've heard, it's not all true. It's not all wise. But God's Word, okay, it's useful for teaching us what is true. It's useful for correcting our mistakes. Boy, as a, as a parent, as a husband, I've made many of those. Can anybody else say amen to them? Okay. It's useful for making our lives whole again, our families, by the way, whole again. It's useful for training us to do what is right. Say amen to that, okay? So this, what you have uh, in your hands, by the way, or your device there uh, on your phone, your smartphone, you have in your hands an indispensable uh, uh, wealth of wisdom that is literally before you. One of the reasons so I, I would so encourage you to read your Bible on a daily basis is because of this verse right there. It's loaded there with promise for your life. Now, when you look at, how many of ever, everybody's heard of the Ten Commandments? Is there anybody here in this room, I don't want you to do this, that right now, within, within less than a minute, could say, I can do all Ten Commandments right now. Does anybody got them? How many got all Ten Commandments? Anybody? Okay. Being that you don't hell, we're going to look at a couple of those. And, and it, for those uh, who have heard the Ten Commandments before, read the Ten Commandments, let me read to you a couple of them here this morning. The first four of the Ten Commandments deal with our relationship with God. Commandment number one, don't have any other God before me, okay? He says, basically, I am unique. 
Commandment number two, don't come before me any which way that you want to, okay? There is a prescribed way that we come before God. And he adds that addition, do not have any idols before me. Number three, maintain my reputation. Don't take my name and misuse misuse my name. So we have a reputation to, to, uh, to bring before people. And number four, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, I just want to ask you just a question. Just, this is a trivia question. As a New Testament believer, okay, are the Ten Commandments still relevant today? Based, okay. Are they Ten Commandments or Ten Suggestions? Okay. Just said so we got that straight. So here it is, okay? Don't have any other, don't have a, another God, no idols. Maintain my reputation. Uh, remember the Sabbath day, set aside a day, you know, just to go ahead and re- relax, get away from work. I want you to become reorientated towards me. I want you to, I want you to have a time of worship. I want you to be focused on me, refocus on me in a way of worship. So basically, the very first four commandments, they're vertical. They're God-orientated. The next six commandments are horizontal. They're man-centered. They're relationally-centered, okay? And understand this. We know that there were two two tablets. uh, And on those two tablets, the first four were related to God. The I mean, the vertical ones. The next six ones, which dealt with human relationships, were written on the other tablets, now, here's what I want to just kind of just throw it out to you. And I absolutely believe this. If our relationship with God is correct, okay, we're walking in those four. Uh, we set ourselves up for success in relationships with, with others, with our family especially, uh, with our loved ones. But I'm telling you, if we're struggling, okay, in, in, in relationships, with people, I, I, I almost guarantee, there, there's, I, in fact, I almost make a guaranteed promise, you have a problem in, in the vertical one, in your relationship with God. And so we're going to take a look here at commandment number five, okay? It's right there in the middle, and it, and, and it talks about the family. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, here it is. It says, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. Now, for those who are checking out right now, do not check out on me, okay? Everyone in this room, I promise you, needs to hear this series, this word here this morning. Some of you are here today say, Pastor, I have my kids. I've been there. I've done that. They're out of the house. My parents are 79 years old, John and Mary Rarick. Can I tell you, they're still parenting. It hasn't ended. They have six kids, and they're still dealing with issues, still having a parent. It looks different. The kids are all out of the house. But make no mistake about it. There's still, there's still some dynamics and still some very great uh, importance in their lives and them being in their lives. Uh, so I, I really want to encourage you to be listening to this. If you're single here today and, and, and you desire to, to be married someday and have a family, boy, I hope that you're taking some good notes. Uh, if, you, if you have no intention to having kids, I, I really want to encourage you to hear this series because this is going to be good because there's something about when it, when it comes, especially in the area of parenting and we are being around kids, 
it, you know what it does? It helps keep us young. And uh, there, there's just something about not only does it keep us young, but, but it, it forces us to be unselfish. And, uh, and I look at another reason. When I'm around kids, there is a benefit to this because kids are so trusting. Jesus uses this illustration, uh, a, a parable. He says, unless you become like little children, okay, you, you, you can't even enter into God's kingdom, okay? And he's not talking about being, uh, you know, immature, but childlike in our trust and our faith in God. So there's a lot of, of good reasons uh, to, for you to be praying. And for, for those who don't have any kids or anything, and don't, I, I want to so encourage you to do what the Bible tells you to do. The Bible says pray for one another. Be praying for parents because they need help. Be praying for their kids. Be praying for their marriages because the marriage and the family are under attack. Amen? So this is a unique commandment. Honor your father and and mother. It's unlike any of the other nine. Here's here's what what I want you to write down. This is a commandment that has a promise connected to it. All the other nine commandments are commandments, but this one has a promise connected to it. It's unique because God established the foundation and the importance of family. I was reading a story about a guy uh, uh, was having issues in his house and he was noticing some cracks were starting to appear in his wall and he called up a painter and uh, and asked him to to repair him and go ahead and paint it. So the painter comes in and looks at the cracks, does a little bit of scraping, a little bit of filling in, and paints the wall. And, and, and about three, four weeks later, all of the brothers and sisters and relatives showed up again. And, uh, and it was just all over. And uh, painter's kind of scratching his head. And the owner's kind of a little perplexed, so he comes in and he puts putty there on the walls. He throws up another coat of paint right there. It's looking good. And, and, and a month later, they come back all again, but it's now worse than ever. And the owner's mad. And he says, what's going on right here? He says, sir, you don't have a wall problem. You have a foundational problem. The reason why your walls are cracking is because your foundation is in disrepair. And if you will deal deal with your foundation, watch what can happen with your walls. We can get this under control. We're going to be looking at at the family because I think in every family uh, there there are some cracks. There are some issues that need to be dealt with. And and for some families, the foundation is in such disrepair. God wants to really speak life and wisdom into your family. Now, here's what we know. The family is under attack by the enemy, Satan, Satan himself. And one of the ways, I want you to write this down, one of the ways that your family is under attack is through the issue of honor. Say honor. Honor. Our society, our culture, in schools, public schools, colleges, teaches a a culture of distrust and rebellion. And uh, that you don't necessarily have to always honor and obey authority. And we're living it many times in a culture of rebels. But this commandment is here to establish that the family is the foundation of the culture of relationships. I want you to see here what Plato had to say. He says, the saga of a nation is the saga of its families written large. 
He didn't get everything right, but he got this one right. He says, man, if the families and the nation is going to be working out, he says the family's got to be working out. Here in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, let me repeat it again. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Why? Here's one of the reasons. You can write this down. So we can preserve the land. If the land or the nation is going to be okay, the family has to be okay. It's one of the reasons, probably the greatest reason of all, why America is in, is in disrepair is because the family is in disrepair. It's broken. 50% of marriages have fallen apart. So the purpose of this commandment was, was to hold the nation together. And moms and dads, I, I want to I, I give something to you here this morning. I'm going to be speaking to your kids. I'm just going to be speaking to you this morning as well. Your job probably, I mean, the Bible says train up a child in the way that they should go. Okay? That's in the word. Train up a child in the way they should go. One of your main responsibilities that you're to help them to get, to learn, and to get it in their heart is to teach them, okay, to obey and to honor to those who are in authority over them. Okay? Children, we know, learn the most at the home. They spend most of their time at home. They are going to learn, okay, a good work ethic. They'll see you getting up, okay, going to work, working hard, and, uh, and, and they see that. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, they see how you treat your husband, uh, uh, and they see how you treat your wife. I mean, they're, they're watching, and, 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 you're, and when you're providing those examples, uh, and as you open up the door and you treat her with kindness and respect and, and dignity, I mean, they're watching and, and they're observing. But they're also observing, I mean, if you're lazy and, and you don't want to work and, and you slap your wife around, whatever, trust me, they're watching. And, and, and God is giving you and I a charge to train them up in the right way. So children, I know this, they need to learn to honor their parents learn to, to obey their parents. Why is that, Pastor Mac? Can I just tell you, uh, they were born into something. They were born with something. It was called a sin nature. They don't, they, when they come out of the womb, can I just tell you, you don't have to teach your kid to lie. How many parents know what I'm talking about? You don't have to teach them to disobey. You don't have to teach them to disrespect and dishonor authority. It, it's something, they don't just come out, oh, I just want to love you, mom and dad. I want to so obey you and honor you. That is not in them, okay? That's something, that's why the Bible says train them. And, and this is something that God wants you and I to help our kids in this area to teach them the concept of honoring parents honoring them. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a little while. By the way, as a parent, don't pass off your duties to the school. Don't pass off your duties to the church. We're here to be a supplement. Okay. We're like the vitamins. We're not the main, we're not the main source. We get them for about an hour and a half a week. That's it. You got them the rest of the time. So don't pass them off. We want to come alongside. We're going to do everything that we can to be a blessing to you and your kids and your children. But but you're the one. So don't pass it off to the school, to the government. Don't pass them off to the TV. 
to music, to the computer, okay, to their peer group. You must be the main one. I remember when we were in the inner city and we started our church, uh, uh, Risen Savior, uh, and our strategy for starting the church was we were going to go ahead and reach the kids first. So we, we would come and we would be in the neighborhood. We would knock on our doors and we'd meet little Johnny and Susie and we'd start a relationship with them. Hey, come on to church tomorrow. We'd, we'd have a bus and we'd have all kind of gimmicks to get them to come to church or whatever. And hey, we're going to be here tomorrow, Sunday morning. Pick And you know what? The, the parents, yeah, go ahead. You can have my kid, you know. How many hours? Five? Oh, I had no problem with that. Okay. And, but And we were glad to do that, but ultimately we wanted to be able to reach them. So parents, please see this. You are the main one. You're the player. You're the coach that God has chosen. Understand this. Satan hates your family. Absolutely. He has a target on your family. Why is that? We know that he went after Adam and Eve so that he could destroy the family. The question is... Why does he hate the family so much? Why is he going after this? Write this down on the screen. You're going to see this. He hates the family because the family determines the future. Good family, good future. Bad family, uh, dysfunctional family, okay, no future. So he is gunning for you, your relationships that are going on in your family. So he wants to destroy your tomorrow. So he's going to mess with your today. So if you have a lot of discord going on in your family right now, I mean, whether in marriage, sibling rivalry, okay, mom and dad things, can I just tell you who's present in your home? You have a visitor that you don't want in your home, okay? And I'm going to tell you something. The enemy of your soul, who I'm talking about right now, you have given him legal access because of some things that maybe you, you haven't applied or you've ignored or just plain flat-out ignorance. You don't know. And so he gets to have the run of the house, and you have all kinds of fighting and bickering going on. But sometimes he's there illegally, okay? He's not supposed to be there, but he's there. You're God's son, you're God's daughter, and God wants to train you up to be able to go ahead and deal with him, okay, and kick him out, okay, and shut the door. We're going to be looking at that this morning, how we can do that. So he's after your future, your family's future. He's after, by the way, kids, teenagers right now, he's after your parents' marriage. Can I just encourage you? Pray for your parents, Pray for your mom and dad, okay? You see them fighting. You see them quarreling. You see them bickering. Please pray for them. The enemies. Now, it's present. now, it's not all the enemy's fault. Let me just say that. We give the enemy the opportunity. Uh, but we pray. We, I, I would just say put such a, a heavy dose of prayer into your family's life. Parents, we are our kids' escort in life. We have 18 years with them from a practical standpoint. From the time that they are born to their 18th birthday, okay, 6,570 days to escort our kids into their future. Hopefully, we're escorting them into God's future that he has for them. Now, young people, why do we honor our parents? What, and by the way, this is not just for young people. This is for parents right now that have parents that are older. This, this hasn't gone away. 
I'm 55 years old. Okay, my parents are 79 years old. This word still applies to me today. So for every kid that are here today that has a parent, God has, God has called us to honor our parents. Here it is, because we honor our parents because parents represent God's chain of command. Say God's chain of command. All right, why you say that? Let me get a, dr- a drink of tea here this morning. My, I can feel my voice. Hold on one second. God has an order. And kids, all of you, this is what God does. This is how God works. God is a God of order, and he works through a chain of command. And he has put his parents over you to represent him. So when you see your parents, okay, uh, as sometimes as flawed as they may be, okay, I want you to understand, see God in the picture that he has placed your parents into your life because God wants to do a work in your life through them. And when you disregard, by the way, uh, your parents' okay, orders, what they ask you to do, okay, here's what happens. Not only do you disgod, you bring damage to yourself. You bring damage not only to the present, but also to the future. The order is mom and dad. And they, here it is. They are responsible for you when you come out of the womb to raise you physically, to provide for your basic needs, shelter, food, protection. They're there to train you up. They're there to go ahead, train you up spiritually. These are, these are some of the main things that God has given to them, okay? They're there to prepare you for your future. But if you ignore God's chain of command, there are consequences that come to this. Catch this. This is on the screen. This is to all of this, by the way. And I, I want parents to get this one because this is what you're to be, be training. I want you to get this. How you respond to living at home to God's chain of command is how God will respond to you. Grandparents, take good notes on this one. You, you see your kids, your grandkids, and what's going on with your kids. And there's going to be some open moments still to teach your kids that are, that are gone and they're away from home. home. I want you to see this. How, how, how kids respond to mom and dad is how God responds to them, either in a favorable or unfavorable way. Some of us have problems with God because we neglected either out of ignorance or absolute rebellion. And we've got issues in our life because we've ignored. Now, how serious is this command? Honor your parents. Honor your mother and father. I want you to go with me to this scripture, to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 18. This is how serious this command. This is what God means business on, on this issue. Suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or mother. Even though they discipline him, in such a case, the father and mother must take the son to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. The parents must say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn, rebellious, refuses to obey. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his town must stone him to death. In this way, you will purge this evil from among you, and all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. Talk about 
a way of getting rid of rebellion. Now, some of you are going, wait a second. The Bible says that. Kill a kid? Okay. I mean, now we know we can't do that right now. We all end up in jail. Maybe we'd be in an electric chair. Okay, something like that. But the point of this commandment is God is very serious. It can get you killed if you rebel. It's serious because it not only affects a family, it affects a nation. I was raised in a day where you said, Mr. Jones, uh, Mrs. Smith, uh, Miss Daisy, okay? Uh, I was raised in, in a day where you said, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And, and when they were coming, I mean, you made way for them. And, and you treated them with honor and respect. But we don't live in that day now. We live in a, in a day like, who are you? I don't have to listen to you. Who do you think you are? If I'm going to listen to anybody, it might be it might be my parents, but I'm not listening to you. And they threaten. So this, this commandment is not a casual commandment. This literally had to do with life and death and the preservation of a nation. So what's behind this word honor? I want you to see here on the screen. Fill it in. Honor means to give weight or importance to. It's not to treat lightly. Young people, please, if you want to get this scripture, don't treat your parents lightly. Don't treat the word that they give you lightly, okay? When they are coming to give you advice, even though you know it all, and we'll give you that one, we know that you know it all, okay? You've got all, you've got wisdom down pat. You're a 10 when it comes to knowing it all. You've got the wisdom. That word of advice that they come to give to you, do not treat it lightly, okay? Be thankful for it, okay? And, and, and value it doesn't mean that you have to always agree with it, but you have to treat that word that they bring to you with respect. So, so it means to, to not treat lightly, to have respect, to have high value, and, and to even make a big deal about it. The Bible says, listen to this, young people, all of us here in this room, that Jesus had to learn to obey. Did you know that? It's interesting because we know this about Jesus. We know that he was 100% man and 100% God. Uh, he was perfect, but in his humanity, he had to learn to be obedient. Jesus had to learn and to obey his parents that he was greater than, that he was smarter than. Jesus had flawed parents, but we know that Jesus was not flawed. Now, here's the, here's, here's the statement. Here, here's the go-to. If Jesus had to obey his parents, how much more do you and I have to obey and to honor our parents? By the way, if you happen to be here and uh, you live with your parents and your parents provide you with provision, if you're still eating food out of the refrigerator okay, that your dad and mom are working for, and that's in, they're in the pantry, if they're still providing electricity for you so that you can have heat on a day like this, okay, and when it's really hot, smoking out, and air conditioning, okay, if they're still helping to put clothes on your back, they're in your, your dresser and in your closet, if they're still helping you out maybe with some gas money, okay, helping pay for your insurance, okay, so that maybe you 
can go ahead and drive your car. Okay, if they're still doing that, they're, they're providing things for you and they're protecting you, you are obligated to honor and obey them. Okay, but just in case you, you don't want, you don't, you don't want you don't want to do that. Uh, I, I had a friend uh, send me this the other day. I want to show you a picture. Can, uh, in case you can't see it, it says teenagers tired of being harassed by by your stupid parents. Act now. Move out. Get a job. Pay your bills while you still know everything. <laughs> You see, when a teen says no to a word from mom or dad, what God heard you say, what God heard you say is, God, I don't care who you have put over me. God, I, I don't want to listen to, to them. I don't want to respect you by rebelling against them. And, and we hear this, uh, we ask our kids, I, I don't feel like doing, you know, taking out the garbage. I don't feel like washing the dish. This is not a discussion about feelings. This is a, a discussion about helping out and being a contributing member of the family so that no one's overburdened, okay? Being reasonable with one another. You see, you don't obey Mom and dad, you attack God's chain of command. And I know this, you want to obey and honor God because you want God's blessing in your life. Say amen. Amen, right? It's not only just a parent thing, it's a God thing. Parents, I know this, parents can tick you off, irritate you. Young people, right? Can they do that? Can your parents make you mad? Okay, uh, can they hurt us? Oh, for sure. In fact, I know there's, there's, in fact, there's, there's adults in here. Your mom or dad or both of them are still alive and you're still dealing with the hurt. We're going to talk about that here in just a few moments. But I know this. They can come home. I've been there, done that. Uh, they can bring their mood home from work. They can be crabby. They can be irritable. They can be unfair, totally unreasonable. And, uh, but here it is. Here's the mindset that every single one of us, okay, that we're to be teaching and that those who are younger, this is the mindset. I, I, I will obey my mom and dad. I will honor my mom or my dad if I happen to live in a single-parent home. I will, and I will do it with a right attitude. It's got to be a mindset. And if you don't have it, you say, God, would you begin to do that work inside of my heart? Let me tell you something about your parents. They did one thing. I absolutely guarantee you they did something right for sure. I'm, I'm convinced about it. They got, for sure, they got one thing right. It's you. You're here. They got you. And they, God, God used them to bring you into this world. Proverbs 23, 22 says this, Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Flawed as they are, they are still your source. They are still the covering that God has chosen for you. Proverbs 30, verse 11. There there are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. When was the last time? I say this to everyone here in this room. When was the last time you blessed your parents? Oh, that was Mother's Day. 
back in May. Uh, Father's Day back in, in June. Can I just say we had, need to have a whole lot more days of blessing our parents rather than just Mother and Father's Day. I know that you have criticism. It comes forth probably on a regular basis. But what about the blessing? We honor them, and we can do it in so many cool and neat ways that can affirm them, that can build up our parents. Like most cases, can I just say this? They do more right than they do wrong. And the enemy of your soul would have you to focus on what they've done wrong. But they've done a whole lot right. Think and thank God for what they've done right. Give thanks to them and give thanks to God. I want you to look here at Jesus. This is a word to all of us, something deep in my heart. I want you to look at Jesus on the cross. He's dying. He's in a lot of pain. He's felt separation from the Father, and uh, he's, he, he's coming to the end. And he looks down. He sees his mother, sees one of his disciples, his best friend out of the 12, John. It says here in John chapter 19, verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother there and a disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Can I tell you something probably behind the scenes, what was going on? Jesus' family had problems. Okay, he had brothers and sisters. But at this moment, as he's looking down and what's going on in his mother's life, he sees John, someone he's trusted, someone who's faithful, someone who's loving. And he says, he says, friend, he says, I need you to take care of my mom right now. And mom, I want you to let you know that you can trust in him. He's going to go ahead and take care of you right now. Later on, when, when Jesus came back to life and he was resurrected, went back to, to heaven and poured out the Holy Spirit, there was a healing that happened in Jesus' family. But there was brokenness. And Jesus cared about his mom even in the most painful moment of life. And here's a word that I have to all of us. Anyone have parents in nursing homes? Anyone have parents in nursing homes maybe you haven't visited in a while? Some of, I've heard this one. People say, Pastor, I just don't have the time. Remember this. When you were little, when you were a little baby, when you were a little boy, when you were a little girl, they were busy too. But they took care of you. Do not let your parents grow old alone. Don't do that. You, uh, and you say, well, man, they maybe have lost their mind. Uh, they're, 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 they can't think straight. They forget so much. doesn't matter. Don't let them grow old alone. And now, I know that there's some extenuating circumstances. They may live over on the West Coast, and for you to go ahead and see them, and you don't have the money, but there's a phone call. There's, there's a, a number of different ways that you can connect a letter, something, connect with them. Because I want to tell you something. When we do that, I want you to see what the Bible says. This is not my opinion. This is what the Word says to you and me, even if it's inconvenient. It says, 1 Timothy 5, 8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, young people, hear this. Your grandparents come in because they're hurting physically, they're wore out, things are not going well, they come in. It, it may be inconvenient for you. You may have to give up your, your bed, your room, whatever. So grandma or grandpa, which one, or maybe both, we don't know. But it says anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Can you imagine that? 
So the Bible puts a big-time responsibility that we are to care for our parents in the later years. So how do you honor them? Pastor, you said, how do you honor a parent when my parents or parent really wasn't worth honoring? How do you, how do you honor a parent who was abusive? How do you honor a parent who physically maybe beat the... How do you honor a parent who is verbally abusive and just puts you down? How do you, how do you even... I mean, there's people that are living with that, with that question right now that are in this room. I, I, had parent, I had a parent that was just... Uh, and I don't even know what to do. And, and I want to give you a word here. I want you to write it down. Here it is. It's called forgive them. Here it is. And I don't have, and I'm going to give you something really quick. I want to, for those who have been carrying a wound and you're not healed up, you need to forgive. And, and here's what it looks like. And you say, Pastor, well, if I go ahead and forgive them, does, does that absolve them of what, they, what they've done? Absolutely not. Here, let me tell you the best way, something I learned in a book called Forgive and Forget, written by Lewis Smeeds. Here it is. When you, you deal with this, this issue, get it out in the open, write a letter, make a phone call, uh, see them face to face. But here's what it is. Here's the essence of what forgiveness is. Okay, what you did to me, those words, that abuse, those, that pain that you caused me, I, uh, you bring it up and you tell them what it did to you. And then you say, but in spite of that, I want to let you know that I have chosen that was wrong, it was evil, it was bad, it damaged me. But bring it out. Tell it how it is. But I choose to forgive you. And I want to tell you something. When you do that, okay, that person that has been in the prison, which is you, has been just released. Many times it's a process. And do that and say, God, I, I forgive them. And here's the other thing. Not only just forgive them, but begin to pray for them. And ask God to bless them. And watch God begin to bring some healing into your life. I look at the story of, of Noah. The Bible says that Noah uh, had three sons and he did a lewd act. And one of his sons walked into, and, and, and he saw his dad and started making fun of him. It was, got all weirded out and said, oh, look at that. And, and, and then the other two sons walked in. They saw what was going on with their dad. This is the guy that built the big boat to Noah. Okay, it says that they went ahead and they took a covering and they put it over their dad. And there's some of us that are here today. We need to put a covering over our parents for what they did. Didn't excuse it. Okay, but I want to tell you something. When we put a covering over it, that's a way that we can honor. That's a way that we can bring healing actually to a relationship. This is honor. Honor doesn't mean to be used. Some parents want to use you up and put you on a guilt trip. You never come over to see me. When's it, when, when, uh, you never, and you've just given them a call maybe three times. That You never come over. You never say anything to me. And they put you on this guilt trip. And, and that's, for those that are dealing maybe with a parent that's doing that, let me give you something that's real easy. It's called boundaries. Mom, Dad, okay, here's what I can do. But here's what I can't do. I'm going to give you a call. You can count on this. And, uh, but I can't do this. Set up a realistic boundary and say, I'm praying for you. Affirm them. Let them know that you love them. Now, let me ask you this question. When's the last time that you made your mom and dad happy? Why do it? It's called honor. 
Remember, no other commandment has a promise attached to it. it, it, it this, it, it's got to be a biggie. It's got a promise. To, I mean, this is a big one. It's a big deal to God. God wants the nation to flourish. He wants families to flourish. And this is the way that they flourish is when they walk in honor. He's so committed to this commandment that he put a promise to it to motivate you and I. Here, I want you to look at the promises if you follow his chain of command. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. I'm going to go quickly here. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. Any kids in here, you belong to the Lord, obey them. If you're not obeying them, it's kind of an indication maybe you might not belong to God. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on earth. So here's what he's saying. He says, those who honor parents will have a quality of life. He says, it will make your lives better if you make their lives better. He's, God's saying, he says, he says, if you look out for them, I'm going to look out for you. How does God do it? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life, and I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my, my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to life. Do you see what God's Word is saying right here? He says, when you begin to walk in honor, there's a blessing that's attached to it. There's, your life will be better. He says, honor your parents. I'm going to guide your way. I'm going to help you through school. I'm going to help you to go ahead and get that scholarship that you want. I'm going to help you out with your career. I'm going to help you to go ahead and find that mate that you really want in your life so that you're not lonely. I'm going to go ahead and work for you because you're working for me. That's a promise that God has to, to kids. But some adults that are here are living under a curse. Do you know that God's not hearing your prayer? Because you didn't live this when you were a teenager and you never made amends for it. There are teens in here. You got, you got away with it because you were labeled a teenager and teenager just does these things. Do you realize that this, this concept of teenager was new to when, when, the, when the car and the automobile came about? I mean, kids grew up, teenagers supposedly, I mean, were growing up quick. I mean, they were going to war. They were getting married, having kids, and, and having a whole bunch of responsibilities. But now we let, quote, teens get away with so much because they're teenagers. And some of us have been that. And I would say to this, if you gave your mom and dad uh, hell, you need, I, I'm telling you today, part of, this is the word to you today. Mom and dad, I was bad. I was wrong. I'm sorry for what I put you through. Please forgive me. Okay. And you said, well, we get along. We're do No, you never made, I want to encourage you to go ahead and take that step. This is, this is word. This is the Bible. Repent of that. Not only will it give you a quality of life, but a quantity of life, a, a long life. I will extend your life span. You won't die early, God says, before your time. You will live out your divinely ordained days that I have before you. Practical advice to parents. Here it is from your pastor. 
and from someone who worked with youth for about 11 years as a youth pastor. Half of my group, made up of divorced parents, that mess, everything that went along with it. Make it easy for your kids to honor you. Don't challenge them in this. Don't put them to the parent. Don't put them to the test because we've done it. I've done it. Parents see this. There's an old saying. I, I said this many times. Here's the, see this. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Boy, did I see that happen a lot through the years. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. No question about it. Well, you're going to go ahead and obey me. I am the head of this home. You do what I tell you to do, okay? And, and we go ahead and we bark out orders. We tell our kids what to do and how to do that, but yet we rarely compliment them, rarely hug them, really spend time with them, pray for them, okay, encourage them, but we're really easy. It's really easy to go ahead and blurt out a command, do this, do that, at the drop of a hat. When you do that, you are sowing seeds of discouragement and resentment. They should know your love. They should know I mean, it should not even be a question in their mind. They should know your love and encouragement as well as your warnings. And you have authority to give warnings. God has given it to you. There is a time to discipline. And sometimes there's seasons where our kids are off track in their relationship with God. If they're off track in their relationship with God, there's going to be probably a time they're going to be off in our, their relationship with us. There'll be rebellion and there's a time to discipline, but that should not be the norm. Here's what I say to parents, and I've seen this. Give reasonable boundaries. Kids need boundaries. Kids, youth need boundaries. They flourish in boundaries. They do well in boundaries. For instance, curfews. I, I've watched from my friends and, and as you, where, where kids and youth, no, no curfew. And can I just tell you, there, there's this something... There's something that's wise, not only wise about it, but it says something to your kid that you care. It says, you know what? Uh, my parents are thinking about me. They want me home at a certain time. So when you go ahead and give a, a 10 o'clock curfew, they're, they're a freshman in high school. Hey, you got to be home by, by, by 10 o'clock any later, okay? And by the way, if you stay in these perimeters, okay, these boundaries, by the way, you and me, we're good. Okay, have fun within those boundaries, whatever. But you get outside of these boundaries, there's an issue and there's a problem. Make no mistake about this. And here's my word to, to those who are young in here, to those who are children, to those who are teens. In the words of Nike, when they tell you to do it, just do it. <laughs> and just do it without a bad attitude. I, I, for me as a parent, as a dad, that's just something. When I, 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 not only do I expect you to listen, but I expect you to listen and obey with a good attitude. And not only do, does, do I expect that, but God expects you to obey with a good attitude. Some of you adult children are here this morning. God's word to you is a couple of things. Train your kids up. Don't let your kids get away with dishonoring you. 
So many parents, I watch it. I see it all the time. And just kids just poof, all over their parents, dishonoring, disrespecting mom and dad. Don't let them get away with it. Consequences come with that. Discipline. Teach them. Say, that you do this, this is what happens. We don't roll this way. We roll with the way of respect, okay, trust, love. That's how we roll in this house. But you want to roll the other way? There will be consequences. Don't the, train them in this way. Don't be afraid. Some of you say, I, I don't want to confront. I, I just want to be their friend. No, you're not their friend. You're their mom and dad. You're not their friend. You're first mom and dad. Amen? Amen. Kids, some of you are here today. You need to repent. You need to repent. and said, Mom, Dad, I haven't had a good attitude. I recognize this as a flaw in me. Today, with God's help, okay, I'm going to ask God to do a work inside of my heart. But would you please forgive me? Get, 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 come on. Get it cleaned up. Watch God's favor. Watch the wind of heaven. Watch God just kind of pushing you and helping you rather than going against the wind. You want the wind of heaven behind your back. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for family. God, I want to thank you for John and Mary Rarick. God, that you chose to be my parents. I want you to just right now, there's some people right here. Why don't you just do that? Just, God, thank you for for your parents or parents, whoever where that would be. God, I just want to thank you, Lord, for them. Maybe it's been a really long time since you've done that. Let's start with the word of gratitude. It's what Pastor Carl's teaching this morning, our children, about gratitude. God, I want to thank you, Lord, for, for the covering that you gave me. I want to thank you, God, for the covering, God, that, that protected me, that provided for me. Lord, and I want to thank you, God, that, that you gave them to me to help me, Lord, in life. And God, I know, God, as, as a kid growing up and as a, as a teenager, God, I messed up so bad in that area of honor. But God, you brought some great healing. And I thank you, Lord God, that you've kept us together. But Lord, I just now want to lift up the families that are here, God. I want to pray for parents, God, that that need grace to teach their kids how to honor and to obey with the right heart, with the right attitude. God, I pray that you would help them. God, that you would just, God, just give them grace to do that. And I pray, God, for each young person here today that's living in home. God, I pray that they would trust your words. God, that they would trust you, Lord, and that they would see that in honoring, that in obeying, God, that they get freedom quicker, Lord. They get respect quicker, God, from their parents. More privileges, Lord, when they walk in respect and honor, Lord. God, help them to see, Lord, that that's that's the result that happens. Instead of doing the opposite, God, and pushing their parents, give them the grace, God, to honor. Help them to have that mindset. I will obey. I will honor because God has placed them over my life. God, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to do that work in families here at Calvary. I thank you in Jesus' name. Would you all stand to your feet? Praise God. Great day to be in God's house. Amen.
next week. Got something good for all of us on family. Hope that you'll be here. Don't miss us. I want to pray God's blessing upon you here today. May God, you fill them, Lord, with your peace, your joy, Lord, as they walk out of this place. May they shine brightly, Lord, here in Citrus County for you. In your name I pray. Amen. Have a great week, guys.